0: Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. It's the In the Eleven podcast. I'm Brendan Griffiths, and this is the show where we bring on those from the footballing world to show you what it takes to be in the Eleven at the highest possible level. This week we have a tremendously talented player stepping into the Eleven, and he has a journey that is super unique, so I can't wait to share it with you all this week. I hope that you guys can gain a lot of value from his story and really gain some insight into his mentality and his mindset. Because I think it's a really good way to approach the game and so look at the game of football. Sergio Anton is in the 11 this week and we have a great chat discussing his most recent contract signing in Romania and just breaking down his career from kind of start to finish as well as talking about his technical training business as well as a one-to-one trainer. So thank you so much for those of you who are listening and here is Serge. All right. Serge is here in the eleven this week. Was able to sneak away from the team for a little bit from a lengthy team dinner, it sounds like, to chat for a little bit here. I, I very much appreciate it. I know that you're busy with preseason, a lot of stuff that's going on right now. And I you know I, I know it's getting late over there in Romania right now. So I appreciate you taking the time to step in and tell us a little bit about your story.
1: Oh thank you, Brandon, for for having me on. It's honestly an, an honor to be invited onto the podcast obviously it's been doing very well credit to you to your work I'm, I'm looking forward to it
0: appreciate it man i appreciate that i'm really eager to dive into your story because i think you know you have such a unique career already and you know you're, you're only what 22 23 years old and and it's like you've definitely seen some things and been some places in your career already that That players twice your age wouldn't have experience, but the the really unique thing about what you've done so far is i think you kind of transitioned away from the game for a little while or you know playing and, and kind of went into the coaching route and now you're back and and you're playing professionally again which i think is something that's kind of rare you know you don't see that too often but it just goes to show the amount of dedication and sacrifice that you are that you put in to to get back to this place so kind of how rewarding has it been for you to now be in a team like this again and and doing what you love and and knowing that all that work you put in to to get back to chasing this dream it's it's kind of gotten you where you wanted to go
1: yeah i mean like you said it's not been a, a linear process up until now and i did step away from the game for for a few years and Started coaching kids and also, you know, some some teenagers approaching kind of the college level, a couple of pros here and there. But that went extremely well. I definitely have a a real passion for that. I, I really enjoy that that side of the game and I see myself doing that long term. However, it came to a point where I realized there's there's something inside of me that won't die until I, I put it to rest. It was eating inside my head. I would have nightmares about it. You know, I just wake up and like, why didn't I, didn't I do more? Why didn't I achieve my my full potential? And I'm I'm sure, you know, most most players that reach a certain level, they understand what I'm talking about. So after after moving to England, I decided, okay, cool, they, this is the perfect environment. Obviously, non-league, quite competitive throughout the non-league structure. Mm-hmm. um especially the step one step two step three it's quite competitive so i said all right that's perfect for me to, to to get back into the game and try and try and see how far i can take it while while still you know continuing my my business and coaching kids and stuff but in a new location and then throughout that process uh you know i i learned a lot of things uh, i met a lot of people that changed my perspective on the game changed who i am as a person really and i i i got a few opportunities to to go back into the game full time so you know i said look this is it's really now or never you know i'm uh, I'm, I'm hitting uh, 24 25 now and it's, it's it really is now or never if i want to do something in this game and see where where my playing career can take me so yeah i uh I went to Romania and did a did a trial with with a team here in the third league. Did well enough to earn a contract and then yeah, just stepping stone into the professional game. Obviously third league is a stepping stone. It's not where where I want to to end up or the highest level that I want to have played at. But it's always good to, to be able to uh train day in, day out and kind of master your craft and be able to earn a living through
0: that. Yeah, absolutely. And I know obviously I've said this to you off air, but just once again, you know, congratulations on, on signing and and having that come to fruition, right? Because as you just laid out there, it wasn't easy for you to do and it took a lot of sacrifice. And uh, as you're as you're going through this kind of phase where you, you take your business over to London and you are kind of balancing, do I want to go and pursue this again or do I focus on coaching? Right, like what's kind of the inner dialogue in your head? You know, I heard you mention I haven't felt like I've reached my full potential yet with my playing career. So I'm sure that must have been a motivating factor to let's go, let's go try and get a contract again. But talk to me about some of those things that are pushing you to say, "Hey, let's go play again." And what are some of the things that are pushing you maybe away from the game?
1: Yeah, I mean, in terms of of playing playing the game. I think a lot of kids, they grow up watching high level football, Premier League, Bundesliga, Champions League, and stuff like that. And they envision a certain level of the game where, you know, everyone's a millionaire and you're getting sponsorship deals and all that stuff. And especially in North America, where, you know, we watch MLS and even MLS is a fantastic standard compared to the global kind of standard, you know, especially in Europe in the lower leagues, very few leagues and teams even can obtain those sorts of standards. Uh, having moved to, to England, basically moved there, you know, still had my eyes on continuing Roca and my, uh, my business there. Did that, you know, managed to have one client off of Instagram, built that into a few others, grew into 10, 20, whatever, other other clients. And then um, I started to notice like, you know what, I'm, I'm playing over here, I'm doing well. Yeah, the playing styles, you know, quite direct, doesn't really suit me, but I'm enjoying it. And I feel like, you know, I can really do something here. And it ignited what I felt was in me when I was 13, 14. Where you know I was, I was playing every day, weekend hit. You know you're playing a game. You're so excited. Like you're always in the moment. You know what I mean? Like yeah. That feeling of of being so present in the moment. And you're not thinking about bills to pay and what am I going to do when I'm 30 and this and that. You're just playing. You know. You're just enjoying yourself. So I finally felt that, and I think that sparked something in me where I was like, you know what, screw it. I might be making way less money, sometimes not in, not enough to be living. But I'll figure it out. I'm fortunate enough to come from a decent background where I can have uh, you know a, a bit of a financial cushion. You know, I had a business in, in Canada and stuff. So I said, all right, perfect, perfect, perfect situation where I can go back into it and afford to risk a little bit. And thankfully. You know, it, it did pay off in terms of, of, of stepping into the professional game, which was my first check mark off my list. Yeah, from there, we'll see where it goes.
0: Yeah, so I think it was interesting there you said kind of when you when you had that same love and that passion that you had from when you were, you know, 13, 14 years old and you were just playing and enjoying it. When you found that again, that was kind of like that key that unlocked it. You're like, okay, I'm, I'm going down the right path. If we if we take a look back to, you know, kind of walk your story back a little bit to that time when you're in Canada, you're at that age where that's kind of what football is for you, you're just you're just playing. You know, as we go through here obviously, I know there's some time spent in Toronto with the Toronto FC Academy. Do you feel like at maybe it was it at that point or maybe kind of when you went over to Portugal where that started to become not that same, you know, that same fun kid that just wanted to go in and play and, and enjoy the game week in, week out.
1: Yeah, I think from a very young age, I always knew that I wanted to play professionally. When I was coaching kids, for example, I would always tell them, you have to be obsessed with it. This is all I wanted to do. You know, I would go to school and, you know, we'd have these little assignments, drawing stuff. All I would draw was... Was soccer balls and my idols hmm. and when i would you know wake up in the morning i was juggling a ball we had tenants in our basement and you know they'd call me at 7 a.m hey search like it's 7 a.m stop juggling the ball and like, waking <laughs> us up and i'd be like all right i'm sorry and i'd uh, just get back to it you know go to school bring my ball with me kick the ball against the wall at, at recess you know try and find some friends to play with obviously it's it's Canada so it's not not like uh, the number one sport. So it was hard to come by those people. <clears throat> but yeah, from, from a young age, like I, I did know that I wanted to do that. But unfortunately Canada is even further behind the US in terms of developing, you know, kind of the the infrastructure for, for kids to to grow into the to the professional league. I mean Toronto FC was the only professional academy until I was 17 16 17 and so i tried out for Toronto FC yeah, at like 14. there was about 300 kids there by that time i was already like training every day had supplemental training all this stuff before supplemental training was a thing there was mm-hmm. people doing it and stuff uh, yeah I tried out there was like three four hundred kids at i had to try out they kept cutting kids cutting kids week by week week, week by week and actually, my dad, my dad convinced me to go. I didn't want to go. I remember it was like a Saturday morning or something or Sunday morning, and uh, I was I was in bed. My dad goes, "Get up!" I was like, "What? Well, why?" It's like we're going to try and trials, and I was like, "Are you serious? Like, <laughs> I'm not going. You know what I mean, <laughs> I'm not going. Like, I have no chance. Like, leave me alone. You know what I mean?" And he was, you know, I'm thankful to have somebody that that saw potential in me and and pushed me and supported me a, a lot. So, you know, he drove me to the tryout and uh, went well. Made the first cut, tenth cut, whatever. Until they uh, trimmed it down to the to the final 18 out of the. 300 or 400 and I was in the in the eighteen. ultimately I ended up being in the eleven for well over you know 90% of the the season of the first two seasons that I was there so uh, it was it was good it goes to show you that it's not all talent it's not all hard work you also need a little bit somebody that's going to push you and that's going to believe in you uh, thankfully I had that person in my dad but I sp- I've spoken to many parents that they tell me their stories and sound similar to mine, but maybe their parents didn't push them or they didn't uh, support them in in their choices, so they had to go down a different route. You know what I mean? So yeah, that was that. And then once I stepped into the to the Toronto FC Academy, it was it was very different. You know, we had. We had training every day during the summer. We had training in the morning, like professionals. We had, you know, our training kits laid out for us, all our our travel costs paid for, all that stuff. So that was a big like eye opener to, wow, this could be, this could be something, you know, mm-hmm. for the future. Then at sixteen, I ended up being released from the academy. That was like when I when I say football is my first love. That was my first heartbreak, you know, and uh, it was something like I've never felt so much pain in my life because it was everything for me. That was everything. There was nothing else in my life but that.
0: So what what uh, happened with that to go from, because obviously you just mentioned you got yourself into the team, you know, you were kind of playing pretty consistently. Did it come, were you expecting that conversation at all? Like, what was kind of the conversation that you were having with the club that led to that happening?
1: So, I I think I played, uh, I played very well throughout the season. I did very well throughout the two seasons that I was there. There was also a provincial team. So, that would be like in the States, like a state team. Yep. The state team was quite good. We beat them, mind you, but they had their eyes on bringing in a lot of the state players into the team. So what happened was in the preseason of of uh, U16, we brought in a bunch of a bunch of the provincial players, and they they were very physical players. So this is kind of where my ideology of football stems from is from my own experience. Is they were they were fast, they were strong, they're physically developed beyond 16 years old. So, you know, they were 20-year-old players in a 16-year-old body. And so, you know, obviously me as as a winger at the time, I had technical qualities, uh, had good 1v1 skills, things like that. But if you're gonna put me up against the guy that Looks like Adam uh, Traori. Uh, <laughs> you might favor him to win you a couple matches. That obviously, hit me hard, but thankfully, I got the opportunity through my old club ho- uh, club coach. He knew, you know, I was very serious, and I went back to him for for a bit, and he connected me with this uh, Brazilian coach that I had a lot of connections in Portugal. So, we went on a uh, I went on a trip with him, uh, a few other players, and we put together kind of like a showcase team at 16, and we played against the Benfica's youth, like schools, played against Braga's academy, a couple of other local academies in in Lisbon, and I did quite well in a few of the in a few of the matches. I got invited to the Benfica tryouts. And also to the Braga tryouts, and I did decent in the Benfica tryouts. They said, "All right, cool. We're gonna have a look at you. In the meantime, go back to wherever you're gonna play, and you know we'll call you back in in you know six months time. Check up on how you're doing, and you can you can join the team for preseason and see how you do." And so, in the meantime, I managed to to go train. In, uh, in Braga with the team that I did re- very well against with, the, with two other Canadian boys that they also liked. And uh, we stayed there for six months. So at 16, left high school, it was grade 11. Yeah, grade 11. So I had a year and a half left of uh, high school, went to Portugal and uh, yeah, trained there. Looking back in hindsight, not the best decision i'm 16 years old i was on my own me and two other guys in, in a foreign country yeah i was gonna too. ask
0: you about that i was gonna ask you you know at at that young age you just had that confidence to just yeah uh, you know i'm gonna move my life across the yeah, world i don't know, know if it's, Europe.
1: it's not it's not confidence man it's it's stupidity and and ignorance because obviously i don't at that age i'm not I'm not looking at all the factors. I don't understand all the factors. My parents support me, but they may—they may not. They weren't aware of all the factors either because they don't really—they didn't really know all the uh, ins and outs of the professional game at the time. But they supported me, and they saw that you know I'm I'm really devoted to to that lifestyle. So.
0: So, what are the things that you really wish that you knew? Right, you mentioned those factors, kind of that you didn't have a full understanding of. Now, obviously, you have much more experience in the game. What are those things you wish you knew before you got on that flight to Portugal and made it serious?
1: Well, one, the the, the FIFA rules. Know the FIFA rules in terms of yes your eligibility to play as as a as a youth player in in Europe. You're not from that that given country, and it, it, people haven't missed misinterpreted as uh if you're if you're european it's not that it's if you're from that given country because what happens is basically go if i'm not mistaken somebody could pop up and 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 correct me but from my experience it was i had a european passport obviously i'm born in romania but for them to sign me they would have to like pay for my accommodation pay for my school give me a salary made make sure like my something with my parents is taking care of uh, taking care of various factors so you know i went in they said cool you can train here whatever your place to stay blah, blah blah but ultimately you can't play officially until you're 18 you know so i was there training 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 but well, it's not the same as games you know anyways that that's the number one thing that I would uh be aware of if if you're you know a young kid looking to go um is be aware of the FIFA rules secondly don't go by yourself you know go with go with somebody that has your best interests at at heart i'm not saying that you know the people that brought me there didn't but maybe some decisions come with with self-interest whereas your family is always going to look out for you number one there's no profit there's no there's absolutely no other factors and they will they will cut it off if there is you know what I mean yeah that's that's the number one thing or really it's just like know the rules and then don't go by yourself at such a tender age where your brain is not there you know for most people anyways there's obviously grand chess masters training at 15 years old but most footballers most footballers aren't that you know yeah
0: i I think i think you can probably speak to this though i'm sure there's you know as we look back there's probably things that you might change or or do differently as we all would when we look at our younger years but just to kind of put it in perspective for those that are listening you know you're now 16 17 years old and you have played for a professional academy been cut by that professional academy and now you know you're living on your own in a European country again in a in a professional academy system and a setup. And the reason that I mentioned like you know being cut from that academy as well is because now already at 16 17 you kind of understand all right this is what the game is, you know. They're
1: mm-hmm
0: you know it it, like you said it it isn't that 13 14 kind of idea that you had of the game where everybody has fun and it's it's all roses and, and you know everybody gets a trophy at the end of the day it's it's cutthroat it's ruthless you know there's people that have agendas there's people that want to win at all costs and sometimes that means you know people are on the are on the losing end of that but i think it probably, and you can speak to this even more, it probably made you a much tougher, more resilient person at such a young age, the experiences that you had been through. And I'm sure probably progressed you into having more success and in, in doing more things in the game and just growing as a person.
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think it it was kind of one of those rude awakenings where it's like somebody grabs a frying pan and slaps you across the face <laughs> And you're just like, wow! Like this is not what I thought it was, and especially it opens your minds to the opens your mind to the to the financial side of the game. Where especially in the academies, you know, you're investing somewhere near. Like for example, if you if you sign your first professional contract, this was the case with me. I'll get into that later. By eighteen I had a uh, the opportunity to sign up my first professional contract in Hungary for Finance They they required me to go back to every youth team that I had and ask for compensation. Like if they wanted compensation for me, you know, Toronto FC, all my even my youth clubs, you know, where I was paying. But regardless, that's the FIFA uh, rules. For professional clubs, it's somewhere near like 20,000 euros a year, 25,000 euros a year, you know what I mean? So it's like if, you're, if you've are if done four years with them, that's 100K. It's not, it's not pennies, you know? So if a club has, as a player, your joint, this is why I tell players, like, listen, you're going, go early. Go at 11, 12 years old. Go move with your family. That's great that you have great chances you move the later you go the later you go later you go the harder it becomes because at 16 17 now you know there's guys that are there from 10 years old there's guys that are there from 11 years old from 12 years old let's take the 12 year old for example 16 boom four years let's say 20 20 grand a year you know in, in their development okay, so that's 80 grand uh, that they've invested into this player. You come in, okay, you're good, you're decent, but why are we going to sign you over the guy that we've invested money into? Mm. Not just that. He's one of our own. He could go on and play for a national team and we can make some money off the transfers. But what do we have in it for us to sign you? You know what I mean? So that's why I always tell players stop thinking that Oh, I'm good enough because I play on the provincial team. I played on uh you know this and that team. No man, it's not that. You're competing against a world market. So, you know, you have to be ultimately better than millions and millions of people. People don't understand that. Like you need it's it's crazy i
0: want to i want to dig a little bit deeper into that kind of idea because i think so many players have that idea of well i'm good enough why am i not a pro yet you know like i'm good enough to play at the professional level and that that may be true or to play at the academy level but how many how many players have you seen maybe that are good enough but for a thousand other circumstances they don't make it to the professional level or You know, what are some of those reasons? Because obviously, like, as you know, as you've experienced, you've been at the professional level. You can play at the professional level. That's proven. But there's been a lot of things, a lot of ups and downs in your career that haven't allowed you to, you know, play at the top level from the age of 16 to now.
1: Yeah, I think there's a few factors to that, um, depending on, So, like, the way I look at it is you have to look at it holistically. You don't look at a player just as the finished product. You look at, like, where did that player develop and what environment, what country, what's the culture like, and things like that. And so, you know, when I look at players where they grew up in an environment where there is a system, there is a structure, there is a hierarchy of leagues, leagues, promotion, relegation, there's a system of promoting youth and you know there's history behind the behind the sport versus north america where it's new um it's very very fresh not not a lot of history there and it's it's kind of hard for you to to kind of master your craft so you know i'll take it for example from the north american side of it um i've seen some players um, not to get into like individuals i've seen to a few different examples where you know they've they've been very talented, like very very talented on a you know world class level at fourteen fifteen, and um, actually gone out to trials in Fulham and Chelsea, done well and you know got an interest from them, um, but for whatever reason I don't know the details of their individual lives, didn't end up going, stayed in in Canada. But because there's not a system of development where there's lower leagues where you can, you know, play full time, earn a bit of money, you know, sustain yourself if, if money is an issue, and um, and con- continue progressing through through the ranks and and, and develop yourself, um, they they kind of fall into you know the the peer pressure of teenage life, uh, maybe you know. Adolescent life, whatever it is, they start to party a little bit. You know, give up on on their dreams and bit by bit, and then they fall off the wagon and, and they're they're nobody anymore. Whereas at fifteen, sixteen, they were they were probably you know up there. They could have been uh, somewhere in the world in 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 the world, in the, in the, in, in the world market. Um, but then, if you look at countries where they ha- where where they do have a system. I think um, complacency is a big problem, and attitude is a big problem. So rather than systematic issues like there are in North America, um, it's 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 a lot of you know I don't want to do the extra work. Ah, uh, you know I'm already a starter. Oh, I got to call up for you know the the youth national team, so I'm a big shy. You know, and so. Th- when you start to get that into your head, you've already lost the battle because yeah. you're no longer you're no you're no longer fighting with the guy that's playing Premier League. You're fighting with the guy that's in your team or in your age group. And you know, that's the decline because now you're no longer going up, you're just staying stagnant. And I really do believe if you're not getting better, you're getting worse. You're just getting worse, 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 incrementally one percent every day, and then before you know it, you know you're not even not you're worse than where you were at sixteen when you're twenty-one. So yeah, those are the two things that I would I would say are are the main issues on uh on a kind of more surface level. There's obviously the deeper levels you can go into it and more factors, but just to kind of sum it up from my experiences. Uh, seeing both Canada and and Portugal um, those are the two
0: yeah yeah I agree with you I think uh, the system in Europe it kind of sets it sets the player up to have a little bit more of a chance and I mean it in the sense of you know I obviously understand how difficult it is for any player to make it to the professional level but You know, for example, if you if you play in Germany still at 19, 20, 21 years of age, you can be playing fourth, fifth division, training three, four times a week, playing games on the weekends. And, you know, you can have a full time job and during the day and still support yourself and still kind of be chasing the dream in in a serious way. And you may get an opportunity. You know, if you play fourth division, fifth division in a country like Germany or, you know, obviously you experience it in a country like England you can use that on a CV to then go maybe to a smaller market if that's what you want to try and do but in North America there's not really that you know that structure like you said that system once you get past a certain age where academies aren't really an option anymore there's not consistent full-time football for people to be played that's at a level that's respected so it kind of is like forces you to choose right then do you want to keep playing at a high level or do you want to move on with your life and, and do something else? Um, I have yeah, a, I have an interesting question for you about, because I've heard you mention kind of the difference between, you know, academies where a lot of things are given to you. You know, a lot of money is invested into you as a player. And, and obviously that pays dividends for many players. But I'd be curious to ask you, you know, if we take maybe the coaching side of it out, Obviously the top academies are gonna have the best coaches. What would you kinda of choose as your, as your path? Would you choose the path where you go into the academy and, and everything is handed to you and it's, and it's a little bit easier maybe in that sense? Or would you kinda of choose the, the more grind it out at lower levels, grind it out at lower leagues because that shows you a little bit more of the game? What, what would you kinda of say to that question?
1: i think there's uh there's benefits to to both um for like for example in the lower leagues you you understand like I was telling you um off camera kind of the the social dynamics of of the professional game you know this guy has x amount of appearances in you know the first league or in the premier League or whatever it is. So, you know, he's the hot shot, he's gonna call the shots, so he's not gonna really gonna work as hard and he might be a bit, you know, have, have a, a bad attitude and you know, you gotta run for him, you gotta make tackles. I Minute mean, you make a mistake though Yeah, good luck. You know, everything's yeah all shots are fired at you, you know. What I mean, even though you've done so much work and this guy's probably lost ten balls. So these aspects are a big part of you know, lower league football, and then kind of seeing the seeing the ugly side of the game, and then learning how to play ugly as well. Like play ugly as in sometimes it's it's very direct. You know, not everyone has that footballing education, or um, sometimes it's not even that. You know, what I mean, like some some people know how to play football, but uh, the thing is, it's about results and to build a football, uh, style, like, you know, playing out of the back, high pressing, whatever it is, it takes, um, it takes a a consistent amount of, uh training for a good preseason, you know, and, and really persuading your, your team to, to play that way, play that way, especially when we talked about managing, um, Managing characters in the team, some people may not want to be working hard, and so in that sort of playing style, one two missing links, it it complete completely makes the the domino fall. Um, so, yeah, seeing that aspect of it kind of matures you and makes you understand uh, the game in a more holistic sense. But in terms of progressing your career um and making it to the highest level possible i think the academy route is still the best the best way to 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 do that um just because in the academy route you know you're you're playing usually um low risk football in terms of like if you make a mistake it's fine there's not a lot of uh chips on the table you you lose three points it's fine it's more about development you can afford to make mistakes, so through that you're gonna you're gonna take more risks. You're gonna gain more experience. You're gonna master your craft and, and learn how to play the game, um, the right way, and, and and really develop your yourself. And then the other aspect of that is, the the club has an interest in pushing you on to the to the first team, yeah. and into the reserve team. Why? Because they're gonna make tons of money off of you. Yeah, yeah they, they see a price tag on you. Get- You know what, you're, you know, Jeff from San Francisco, but you're, we've invested 100K in you, we've invested 200K in you, and uh, as a matter of fact, we also paid uh, your family's mortgage. So, you know what, Uh, I think we're going to sell you for three mil in a few years, you know, so we have a very invested interest in pushing you on to the first year, and so Things work that way, you know, and uh, I think the harder you can grind it out in those youth teams and push yourself through the through the age groups, through the age groups, work hard, work hard, prove yourself, prove yourself, learn, and absorb. Um, the stacks are in your favor. and now you might get an appearance in the first in the reserve team. you mm-hmm. might get an appearance on the first team. Now your transfer marks gone from here to year. You know, these are all aspects of, of the game and you know, all it takes is is a few appearances and now you're in the system and it's it's quite hard to, to break that kind of level. It takes a lot to drop it. Um whereas uh, it takes a lot more to, to go from uh, lower league footballer all the way up to like a high, high level, you know, Premier League Champions League player it takes ridiculous amounts of of uh work and also things to work in your way because there's many factors
0: yeah let's take a break to talk about support for the in the 11 podcast is brought to you by manscaped who is the best in men's below the waist grooming their products are precision engineered tools for your family jewels manscaped performance package is the ultimate men's hygiene bundle join over four million men worldwide who trust manscaped with this exclusive offer for you 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the code 11 at manscaped.com. Now, if my math is correct, that's about 8 million balls. Now, listen, here's the deal, gentlemen. The performance package 4.0 has arrived and it is a game changer. Now, I know we got a lot of ballers out here, right? We got a lot of coaches out here. A lot of you, I know in your sessions, in your games, you're constantly saying, you got to take care of the ball, but you're not taking care of your own. It's crazy. It's it's wild. And we got to change that here. And Manscaped's going to help you do that. So First off, we've got the Lawnmower 4.0, and it is the future of men's below-the-waist grooming, and that is because of their advanced skin-safe technology. The Lawnmower 4.0 is also waterproof. It has a 400k LED spotlight, so no more going blind in the bathroom, getting hair all over the floor. Right, pop in the shower, you've got the light as well, easy, and you're done. On to the next one. Now, same goes for that weed whacker, the manscaped weed whacker for your ear and nose hair trimming necessities. You've got the proprietary skin safe technology, which is going to help reduce with nicks, snags, and tugs in those delicate sensitive areas. Now, last but not least, we can't forget about the crop preserver ball deodorant and the crop reviver ball toner. A lot of you guys, I know you've got a routine with your recovery, right? You've got pregame rituals, you've got postgame rituals, recovery routine that you do after right Hop in an ice bath whatever it is you have to add your below the waist care to that you got to take care of your balls gentlemen you don't want to be playing 90 minutes and then you come in and you're sweaty and disgusting and you're not taking care of yourself you got you got to do it and manscaped like i said is here to help you in that department and who knows maybe that special someone that's in your life coming to the game watching you play you know you play good 90 minutes maybe you bag a goal i don't know You wanna be ready, you wanna be prepared. You don't wanna be in a situation where you are left without Manscaped. Now, just because Manscaped is hooking you up and they wanna take care of you, the Performance Package 4.0 has a couple of goodies thrown in there. They've got the Manscaped boxer briefs and they threw in a little carry-on bag just to travel with all of your Manscaped products, whether you're going for an away game, right? It's a road trip, you're in a plane, whatever. Chuck all your Manscaped products in there. You don't have to think about it. You can forget about it and make sure that you're still taking care of. So it is time, gentlemen, because your balls will thank you. It is time to take care of yourself. So go to manscaped.com and get 20% off with free shipping using the code 11. That's 20% off with free shipping using the code 11, E-L-E-V-E-N at manscaped.com. That is 20 whole percent off of your order. 20% 20% off your order with free shipping at manscape.com use code 11 unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with manscape. Yeah, you got to have you got to have a little bit of luck as well. It's something that I try yeah. and it's you know, it's a hard thing to say to players, but there is there's an element of luck about it, you know, meeting the right person at the right time, performing well in front of the right people that that all kind of plays a factor. As you mentioned before we were speaking a little bit off camera You've been you've been a number of different places, you know, uh, in Toronto, Portugal. I know you had some trials in Belgium as well. You mentioned that Hungarian team was kind of that first professional contract offer, but now being in Romania, how do you manage the personal side of the game? You know, how do you come into a team and and try and integrate and become part of the team when you have big egos? When you have the guy who used to play. Premier League and and scored fifty goals. He's a club legend, and he looks at you and and says, "Why are you trying to take my spot?" You know.
1: Yeah, it's tough, man. I mean, it's never as easy. Mm. If things were so blunt like that, like, "Oh, why are you trying to take my spot?" It'd be quite easy because you can pick out who's who. Mm. But there's kind of an accommodation period of, you know, you're kind of quiet. You come in, you're a new guy. You, you know you do your thing whatever and then you start to suss out who's who along the way through body language you see how people interact with each other and you kind of understand the hierarchy of the club and the team and it's a big part um and mind you it shouldn't play so much of a part in your head because ultimately what you're there to do is what you can do um but we're humans and we've developed as humans in hierarchical kind of organizations. So it's natural for you to, to uh, notice these things. And and as the young player, um, especially I look at my team and a lot of the younger players, it clouds their judgment. Um, but how, how you can manage that is, is not easy. You kind of have to just, you know, swallow a little bit of, of, of bullshit uh, and, Work hard, do well when you're given the opportunity. You know, do well, do be prepared, do your extras. If you if you if you train well, you recover well. You're studying, you're you're you know, you're a student of the game. There's really no reason why you shouldn't do well. Um, and then from there, things things start to to progress. And don't don't put too much, don't take too much to heart. I think that in North America. We, we grow up very soft, and uh, it's part of it's part of the part of the kind of culture. Um, you know, there's benefits to it, but a big downside of it is that people become soft, mm. and you know, you're not able to kind of take things on the chin, take some, take some, you know, swear words at you, you know, back and forth on the pitch, BS happening in behind the scenes. You know, you think everything's like rosy, but it's not, you know. And that's a big downfall of kind of the ed- education system, and and sheltering people um, from from the reality of the world, really. Because it's not just about football; it's about yeah. the world too. Um, you're very sheltered in North America. You have no clue what the hell's going on. Everyone has a nine to five. Everyone has a big house. When you come to like a lot of other countries where there are talented footballers. These guys come from nothing, man. These guys come from nothing. They come from, you know, electricity being cut away at a certain time and stuff. And so you can't expect these people to be so, you know, uh, primed and proper, uh, to, to be, you know, kind of, uh, patting your back and yeah. like nights yeah. and whatever. You'll get a few of those, but you also get the other ones where they're not like that, so you just have to have to kind of understand that, manage it, and understand the bigger picture is the most important thing. This is a stepping stone. The higher up you go, the more it'll be in your favor if you've done the work and if you kind of earned your way there.
0: Yeah. You know? Yeah. It was. Uh, it was. Inter- it was funny that you mentioned that. That kind of environment where, you know, you might get into a situation where you've got guys screaming at you. Um, I I wanted to ask you if there's, you know, any situation that you, any situation that stick out to you of maybe early on when you joined a club or when you're on a trial or anything where you remember you know, a specific story of that time where you're trying to get into the team and, and maybe somebody's yelling something at you or some, some sort of funny experience because one that always comes to mind with me, I know I told this a few episodes ago, is I was on trial in Germany and we were doing this uh, 1v1 drill. So it was like the defenders would knock a long ball across and then you just go out and defend. And I knocked the first couple and I did quite well defending, honestly. I was, I was happy. And then the next two that I hit, like so, we we're playing. You know, one big goal across, one big goal. So everyone was to the to the right of the goal. So I go to knock the ball, and it's way too far to the right. It's like going almost into the goal. And the guy goes, he takes the touch, and he's fine, and he, he you know attacks. And then the second one, I do the same thing. I play it way too far to the right. He goes to take the touch, but as he's doing it, his foot gets caught in the net, and he falls. And everyone on his team is laughing at him and he gets up and it's i don't think he was one of the ones that could speak english so he's just screaming shit at me in german all of his teammates think it's funny but for me you know like i just arrived here on this trial i don't even know what this guy's saying to me i feel like an idiot cuz i've just you know made this made this guy do this and now he's pissed at me um but it's like those little moments like that where you kind of you know something like that even though it's, it sounds funny it sounds silly like you kinda of get tested a little bit, you know? Like what are you gonna do when somebody is screaming at you, especially when they're screaming at you in another language, like are you gonna, you know, cower then for the rest of the session? Or are you gonna be like, All right, yep, my bad, like let's move on and and get on with yeah. it. Is there anything kind of that jumps out to you as you think of your many experiences over the past couple of years?
1: Yeah, I mean I've, I I'm sure most footballers that aren't, you know, messy or uh, you know, some like one of the best in the world have similar experiences. Everyone makes mistakes. But, um, yeah, one one that, that stands out to me was when I was in uh, Portugal at Benfica and um, we were playing like a big rondo, like a huge rondo the, the uh, in the semicircle. Ah, okay. There's three guys in the middle, yeah, and basically the guy that loses the ball the guy to the left of him and to the right of him going into the middle along with the guy that lost the ball. So there's an added component of like pressure and responsibility on the ball. Um, and I remember like I lost the ball once and then I lost the ball another time, like in a, in a short period of time. And then a couple of the guys were kind of like, again, this is this is coming from me being too soft probably but I, like, took it to heart. Like, they, did, the one of the guys was like, oh, get me away from this guy. This guy's going to get me in the middle. And, like, they started shifting around so that, like, I wouldn't be on to the left or the right of them. Yeah. And that shit screwed with my head a lot because like, I, I really started to doubt my abilities. You know? I really did start to doubt my abilities. And I was like, I, I had a tender age, too. I was like 17, 18. I was like, you know, this is, this is tough, man, but I had to learn, uh, learn through it and it wasn't easy. It didn't happen. Like, obviously that's why I probably I had such a non-linear, um, careers because it did take a long time for me to, to understand these, these aspects of it. But, uh, yeah, that was one. Another few was like, um, well, more recently really, Going on trial, I'm, I'm a grown man at this point. I don't give give a crap if somebody yells at me, but uh, just, like, seeing people like I said, with different CVs, some people with first league appearances and whatever, and they feel like they can talk down to you. Mm-hmm. And you're a grown man. You know what I mean? Like, bro, like, who are you? Like, at the end of the day, like, we're both, we're both humans, yeah. right? If we're talking about You know, this, that, or the other, we're probably, I might be better than you. You know what I mean? But because in this hierarchy of things, Mm. this is what it is. You think that you can, you know what I mean? So it's like you have to manage those things. And only now that I've developed that maturity, now you can kind of like, kind of like just put it under the rug and continue on. But it's tough at those ages, man. Like that's why. Whenever I see talented players at a young age, I don't think anything of it because it's nothing. Talent is nothing, man. Psych- psychology
0: of the game is like way bigger
1: than talent is.
0: Yeah. Yeah, the that what well, you just hit the nail on the head, I think, that the psychology of the game and your maturity from a mentality standpoint goes a long way into what kind of career you're going to have and what type of success you're going to have. Cause you mentioned there, you know, when you're in Portugal, self doubt is so powerful. Like if, yeah. if you're a player that you find yourself starting to doubt whether or not you're going to take a good first touch when it comes in or whether or not you're going to be able to play a good pass or whether or not you're going to be able to defend one versus one, all of a sudden like those things start to add up. And I think even for me, I've, really kind of just recently realized that probably a lot of the ways that i was even kind of talking to myself within a game wasn't really the right way to do it you know i wasn't positive with myself i wasn't encouraging you know sometimes it'd be like all right like don't fuck this up you know and that's a terrible way to play it really is because then you do it once and now the next time you're thinking about the mistake from before when really you you just need to constantly be reinforcing yourself and being positive yeah. with yourself on the pitch.
1: Yeah. A hundred percent, man. Uh, to be honest, I learned this very late. Like, um, like the presence of, of these social media guys, like David Goggins, for example, mm-hmm. Jocko Willink and stuff like these guys had a huge impact on my life. Like it was like one of those like light bulb moments, you know? And, uh, when I started to kind of dive into that world, um, I, I, I understood the the self-talk and the power of, like, your mind and how everything is actually how you perceive it, you know? Nothing is, nothing is set in stone. Like, you could say the sky is blue. I could say it's pink. And it's the same thing on the football pitch, you know? There, it's very subjective what happens on the field, and it's kind of – you can't pay attention to what this guy and that guy says. You have to have your own self-definition. You have to be self-defined as a person and as a footballer. And so, when you approach things from that from that standpoint, you can start to navigate the game differently. And um, I do. I like to talk to myself in kind of third person, and like almost have like a narrator in my head when I'm playing. Mm. So it's like you know I'm playing. I'm playing the game whole you know link to play one time two times make a few good passes okay good and i always have this this thing where i go okay the next one the next action so i just i put that behind me because what what used to happen to me was i would have a a really good series of actions and i'm thinking about that i'm like oh nice yeah i did well you know and then and then (laughs) <laughs> and then that's when you start screwing up and you end up having like a 5 out of 10 game when it could have been a 8 out of 10, 9 out of 10. And uh, so, yeah, that was really important for me to get past that. And then also on the negative side of things where you, know, you might mess up something. Uh, you may mess up a pass. You miss, you miss a good shot. Maybe a goal is caused because of you, whatever it is. And uh, you just have to tell yourself the next one, the next one, the next one, the next one. The next action is the most important action. It's not what you just did, what you're what you're doing now. No, it's the next one, you know. And so whether that's negative or positive, what just happened, it doesn't matter. It's the next one. And so when you look at players like, you know, like J- Jordan Henderson or like James Miller or something like that, like they're just constantly seven, eights out of tens. Yeah. You know, in the matches. And they have you look at like you talk to people, you listen to interviews about them. And they all talk about how their professionalism is up there with Ronaldo. It's up there with top top players. Difference being is, you know, they're midfielders and, and right backs and you know, Ronaldo's scoring the goals. So maybe he gets more headlines. Maybe he has a little bit more talent, whatever it is. But regardless, there's a benefit to having that mentality of just, you know, approaching the next action, regardless of what the what the past action was.
0: Yeah. Yeah, because I know I, I would fall victim to I needed that first action to be positive to kind of set me off for the rest of the game in a in a positive way. You know what I mean? Like, okay, yeah. if I I connect the first pass or you know, 1v1 I'm able to force the attacker to go backwards, okay? Boom, now I'm kind of that was my starter into the game and now I can go forward. But it was like then I would get into a habit where if it wasn't, it was so hard for me to then come back to that. And it, I yeah. think what you said is perfect is yeah. like it, you have to look at it from a more neutral way. You know, even if the first thing that you do is receive a ball and you play an absolute beauty in behind into the striker and they score, like you have to almost just switch that off immediately and go forward because if not, you'll just ride that high and then all of a sudden it deteriorates from there.
1: You have to have amnesia as a footballer. Yeah, I mean? It's just short-term memory loss. Forget about it. Next one. Even think about every footballer that always talks about their... You know their last performance in the post-match interview. it was talk, yeah. You know, great match. Happy we did well. We worked hard. We're looking forward to the next match. You know, and that that's like staple. You look at like ninety percent of interviews. They always say that. You know, we're 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 looking forward to the next uh, match. So it's it's something that's a high level mentality. And it, it, that applies to the next match as well as it does to the next action from the macro level all the way to the micro level. Um, but the other thing that, that I, I think is really important is to not um, not put so much value on on uh, external validation. So, you know, when I was a young kid, I, I always used to, uh, if I did something well, like I was used to getting praise like from somebody oh amazing yeah nice nice pass nice goal blah blah blah. yeah and then when you don't hear that when you're in the professional level when you're in that kind of more more uh, intense environment you think you're doing something wrong so you you start yeah what you even though like you've done well but because nobody's patting you on the back like you know you're doubting yourself and so just just understanding like okay, you've done your homework, you, you you know the game, you know what you're supposed to do, you know what's required of you, done the work, all that, checked off all the boxes. Now you're doing it in, in the game, in the training. Don't worry about what anyone else says. People notice it. Like, don't worry. People notice it. And even if they don't, the aim isn't that. The aim should be become your best self you know and 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 do things the right way because that's how you you know they should be done rather than i need to please this person or i need to hear that from that person you know
0: mentality switch kind
1: of thing yeah
0: that's so true and it's crazy because i never really thought about it like that but you know, we've all been in those situations in training where you do something well, and somebody's like, "Yeah, well done!" And you get this little kind of endorphin boost. It you know, it boosts you for the next couple of seconds. But as you go up, you know, higher and higher professional levels, maybe you'll have a player or two that will do that if you do something well. But you know, ninety percent of the guy, like everyone there, is now a pro. They've done this for years and years, and they're all at this level. So. not gonna they're not gonna cheer you on and pat you on the back if anything if you do something amazing they probably won't say anything but then if you make a mistake then they're gonna let you know about it so it kind of goes from this shift of like if you do something really well you'll have all this positive reinforcement to if you do something well it will be silent so that's how you know you've done well or you've done something poorly and everyone's letting you know about it and it's like this this harsh feedback that's coming back on you so if you can't be the one inside your head that's saying you know like you said take away the external validation it all has to be internal right when you've done something well you have to let yourself know that was well done and then move forward from there because it's not going to come from elsewhere
1: yeah exactly and and um that's exactly it like you know it's you're going to hear more negative and more positive also i I really like this Cliche thing that I've been hearing. I think it's a lot of times I've said it. It's like you know, when I score fantastic goals or when I score a goal, I don't expect validation because when a you know uh, mailman delivers the the mail, doesn't expect any validation. He's just doing his job. Yeah. Uh, And so if if you kind of kind of take that in, you're like, cool. I'm I'm a I'm a winger or I'm a midfielder. And, you know, I just got an assist. So I made a nice ball, uh, through ball or whatever. I connected all the passes that I was supposed to. Um, yeah, that's your job. So, nice. Like, that's what you're supposed to do. If you weren't doing that, then you'd be on the bench. So, like, what you know, what's the big deal? So, you take it that way. It's just, it's, that's what you do, you know. And uh, that kind of gives you a bit of confidence as well because, then you just think it is yeah that's what i do and uh whether that's great or good or whatever it is that's my job you know and then if you do not so good you just look to tweak things and how you kind of i think approach a more consistent uh performance level but obviously i'm talking probably out of my ass because i haven't reached that level but you know, I, I try to ingrain that mentality and it's really been over the past year where I've met some people in England, you know, especially where they've, they've really rubbed off on me on the, on that aspect. And like, besides the football side, it's just that, you know, yeah. if, if anything, man, like that is more valuable than anything you can teach you a kid in terms of uh, how to strike a ball or how to control it is mindset if you have the mindset man you'll you'll go far
0: yeah 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 the visualization i mean there's countless studies of how of how positively it can impact performance you know seeing yourself doing something right or doing an action successfully it's almost as valuable as if you train it a thousand times um but you you mentioned that you've you kind of are fostering this mentality and part of that is uh getting the right people around you, the right people that are influencing you. And I know we've been going for a while, so maybe we can kind of wrap up here. But as you've created this, this mentality and you continue to work on it each day and you have the right people around you, and now you're in a situation where you can kind of push again and go after this dream full force, well, it's almost like you're, you're getting a second chance at it, right? So what is this What does this chance mean to you and what do you want to get out of it like what are you looking to do with the game this second time around where do you where do you see yourself and and what are the goals that you're looking to achieve
1: yeah um like you said it is a a second chance um i think yeah i've been blessed to to have the opportunity to, to do that um but yeah, in terms of what I, what I want to achieve in this second chance at, at, at playing professionally and, and doing what I can is just, uh, seeing who I can be. Uh, I mean, uh, who, who can I be as a footballer, as a, as a young man? Um, see what my, my full potential is given my trajectory. Obviously, might have been more, might have been, you know, different. Uh, but whatever it is from now on going forward and then play for as long as I can, you know, if I can play till I'm 36, 37, 40, that's amazing, you know, and that, that would give me, you know, right now at, at, at 25, quite a lengthy career, even having started quite late and uh, with a weird trajectory. So, yeah, I think that's, that's my goal. And, um, um, I don't try and think about the goals too much, just because it's kind of out of your control. Like in terms of what contract you sign and what we you reach and stuff like that, mm. like you just kind of have to focus on the micro, micro aspects of your daily habits, your daily routines, and reverse engineer the mat, like the, the end goal of reaching whatever level back to you know your daily daily kind of life. So, yeah, that's, 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 that's my goal right now and becoming more disciplined. Things that I've struggled with in, uh, in the past massively. And, like, you know, people that meet me now, I'm a very different person than I was when I was 19, 18, 19. Um, and, uh, for various reasons, but yeah, that's, that's, that's my goal, man.
0: Love it, man. Love it. Uh, Again, I appreciate you coming on. And and for those listening, I got the pleasure to uh, train Serge when he was actually in my area before he got to uh, go overseas. So, you know, I can attest to super quality player, but, you know, beyond that, the professional, the way that you approach the game, you know, respectful, humble, great guy. And, you know, like I've said to you before, I can't be can't be more happy for you that you've been able to, to do this and, and take this second chance and, and run with it. So I'm looking forward to following everything that you do and, and wishing you all the best.
1: Thank you so much, Brendan. It's been a, it's been a pleasure to, to be on your podcast. Um, I thank you for the kind words as well. Uh, thank you for helping me in the pieces and preparing for, for this, uh, season that I'm going on. And, um, uh, I look forward to, to seeing your, your journey as well in, in uh, your podcast and coaching. Obviously, there's, there's many, many things beyond playing that are uh, just as, if not more. And,
0: uh, thank you so much for having me. Yeah, no worries, man. I appreciate it. That was the show this week. Thank you so much again to Serge for taking some time away from team activities to uh, to speak to the podcast and to share some share some insight with you guys. Thank you to him. Thank you to all of you who are listening out there. We greatly appreciate everything that the podcast is doing in terms of growth. And, and that's all thanks to you guys. That's all thanks to the listeners out there who allow this this community and this brand to keep growing. So continue to do what you've been doing. And I will talk to you on the next one. Peace.